I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we're talking fever and a few other fun topics. show consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w this episode like i said we're covering the indiana fever the trade deadline was today and a few things happened today and obviously we can't go an episode with rachel galligan and not talk about liz cambage <laughs> rachel glad to have you, How you doing? i'm good i'm so happy to be back i missed everybody from all-star weekend and getting a chance to catch up i apologize not being able to be there the fomo was real uh but looked like you guys all had a good time so i'm happy yeah but you'll you'll never be forgiven <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um all right so let's hop into this uh indiana fever with i mean let, let's be real this has been a team that we've talked about online a lot um but really you know, besides that fresh, that really hot start in the beginning of the season, really hot comparatively, at one point they were the number two team in the league. Um, they've really simmered down, but but picked up a little bit of steam recently. Most recently, they had a big comeback, a 22-point, 21-point uh, comeback against the Minnesota Lynx, largest comeback in Indiana Fever history. Um, but, but before we get into that, they're on a two-game win streak right now, Rachel. And talk to me about what you're thinking when you see that the Indiana Fever are, are able to pull this through a little bit recently. I'm just really fascinated with the Fever. This is a team that, you know, because of proximity of kind of where I'm from, I've been able to follow really closely for many years now. And so um, I, I love following the Fever. I love kind of just the tradition that's taken place there. And especially last year to where they are now, I think we've seen a ton of growth. Um, I think what's happening right now uh, with this roster, Tierra McCowan, Erica Wheeler, coming off that all-star game uh, MVP nod and Kelsey Mitchell. I mean, you know, there's a lot of excitement on this roster. Um, But at the same time, you know, this is a team that when they struggle, they struggle, (laughs) you know, and then when they're clicking, you know, they can click. And um, someone posed the question uh, after that, the Fever's recent win over Minnesota, oh, is this the most dangerous team in the league? And um, that's been a really fun topic to just kind of talk about throughout the course of the season so far. And, um, you know, I, I, I initially had, had dubbed that to the Liberty. Um, and, I, and I do think that the Fever are a dangerous team. Um, they're, they're a st- both teams are streaky teams, you know, just as, as with anything. You know, you, you hit a stride, you get a little bit of momentum. Um, a team can be dangerous, especially when you've got – offensive firepower that is on this fever roster when they are you know scoring the way they can score the basketball um you know they're right in the middle of the league in terms of their ability to score i just think when it comes down to the fever and the liberty it's it's their ability to defend um so you know they're 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 riding a wave right now and i think it's part of that wave i wanted to make note of this uh probably I don't know how much it has to do with it, but, you know, Erica Wheeler gets that MVP nod at the all-star game. And she made a comment. I forget which, which platform it was on or, or what it was on, but she said, you know, this is, this is about all of us. This is about, you know, the Indiana fever. Um, and, and 
you know, this is about us riding this wave and, and getting some confidence and getting some momentum. And um, they've done that, you know, just, just straight out of the all-star break into this, you know, they were able to beat Atlanta uh, by two points and then turn around. And with that massive comeback over Minnesota, I mean, that was just absolutely, in my opinion, this might be a bold statement, but one of um, the most exciting games to watch so far this season because of just how they were able to do it. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're seeing a fever team that's confident right now. Um, they're probably clicking a little bit more. They've still got some youth to it. Um, and that's kind of what you hope to see coming out of the all-star break. You know, we are well past that midway point of the season and teams, you, you know, you, you are hoping that a team like this is clicking. So I, I would, I mean, as, as much as anyone else out there, uh, they have to be considered one of the most dangerous teams in the league. I got it. I mean, look, let's let's run down a few things. What, something that's interesting for me for the Fever is if you look at their team stats uh, between them and the opponents, the stats are basically identical. I mean, if, if, for me, if you're talking about stats and you're within like a one and a half point difference, then it's the same thing to me because that can change any, in a moment. Um, but, but something that really stood out, talking about defense like you were, Opponents are averaging 79.1 points a game against the Fever. You talk about the Liberty, opponents are averaging 83.2. And that's kind of, I mean, obviously, look, all these stats can be skewed by a crazy game or a really bad game or whatever. But that says a lot to me because with both these teams, I think you have a lot of question marks all all over, like, who is this team? What are they going to do? And that's part of the element of being dangerous, right? They might surprise you one day if you sleep on them they'll surprise you before we started recording Rachel we were talking about you know New York fever which which one is more is more intimidating as far as a dangerous team Mm -hmm. and and I keep going back and forth so I want your take on this do you have to have that star power because like for me with the Liberty and the fever there hasn't all right there hasn't been a dominant team in this league this season that could that like you can see them go up against and really judge them in my mind but for me, I give the edge to New York, even though their defense hasn't been performing as well, but strictly because of that star power of Tina Charles. I can see your point there. Um, you know, if we're, we're talking about star power, th- these are two very different looking rosters. The Fever, a little, you know, a little bit of youth, um, but you've got not necessarily star power, even though, um, she, you know, she was an all-star. I, I think, in my opinion, you have two cogs, of this fever team, which are pivotal, and that's Candice Dupree and Natalie Achanwa, um, who bring a level of poise, um, obviously a level of experience, especially with Dupree, um, who who can really help guide this roster and help guide this team. And, and we've seen that for the last two seasons, out of those two especially. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you may not have a Tina Charles-ish player on that roster, but you have some potential players that down the road we're, we're talking about in the same light as a player like Tina Charles. I mean, you know, we just don't know what can happen with Kelsey Mitchell's career at this point. Um, Erica Wheeler right now is one of the biggest names in the WNBA. Um, obviously. It's crazy how quick that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, so I just think it, they're, they're too, it's hard to compare because they're just, they're, they're, their rosters are designed very differently um, in terms of the star power that you're referring to. But I think what I love about the fever is, they work, you know, when they work, they work. <laughs> um, and, and, and they have a lot of pieces that at this point, which timing is everything, um, 
are appear to be working really well. And especially on the back of Erica Wheeler coming off what she did, you know, riding that momentum, that confidence. That's what I like so much about this team. And I think we've seen a lot of players who've been able to really accept that role, um, accept being able to play with a high volume shooter like a Kelsey Mitchell. Um, I just think they're clicking really well right now. Um, and now that could change on Thursday when they play again, because I, again, these are two streaky teams and they're going to be streaky probably for the duration of the season. Oh yeah. And then probably a little bit into next year too. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, all right. I'm going to make this really hard on you. <laughs> you're, you're in a five game series for the WNBA finals. Which roster would you pick? You can choose the fever roster or you can choose the Liberty roster. Which one are you picking? Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> that's a really hard one for me. And, and you're, you're really putting me on the spot here. And, and we're not talking coaching. I know people are going to be like, oh, coaching, coaching, coaching. We're not talking coaching. Strictly roster. You get to be the coach. <sighs> I, my, my initial instinct is sitting here wanting to say fever. Because I, and I just think by nature I have spent more time with them. Um, I'm probably a little more um, up to uh, – see this roster and, and understand it probably a little bit better than I understand the Liberty roster. Um, but if we're just talking about this season in particular, um, I'm a really big fan of the Liberty's lineup. I mean, obviously I, I think, and I think the difference is Tina Charles. I mean, she's, I'm a huge Tina Charles fan. I love what um, Asia, Asia Durr has the capabilities of doing as, as a young rookie in this league, her ability to score the ball. I think she's going to have a great career. And I honestly love what Kia Nurse has done. She's having a fantastic year. Um, Zowie B, I've watched for many years, and she's come out, you know, especially early in the season um, on a tear. So I, I think for me, I'm going with Liberty. What about you? Okay, few, because I, I was going to piss off a lot of New York people. And I'm going fever just because for me, um, I'm going to say this. I feel like a team could be more easily lulled to sleep or lulled to a false sense of security against the fever because they don't have that star power. Uh, so I'm going wild card. I'm going, I'm going Indiana fever in a five game series if, between the two. Um, yeah. You know, and that, that is not because I don't like the fever roster just for the, Oh yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm putting a gun to your head and saying, pick Rachel, pick. <laughs> I mean, I love Candace Dupree. I love Natalie Achanwa. I think Erica Wheeler. I mean, that's a really tough question. Props to you for, for stumping me, honestly. That was that's, that, that's what I do. Okay, so let's go back to this game. The, how in God's green earth, <laughs> or not God's if you don't believe in God, how on earth did the Indiana Fever pull off that comeback? Um, and there was some, some household names, or not household names, but there was some well-known names that helped that you might not have expected i.e. Kelsey Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, and Kelsey Mitchell, with, with everything going on with Wheeler um, coming out of the lineup, there's been some changes from that standpoint, but um, that was just incredible to, to be down by 21 and then you come out a half and you just literally, it was like, it's like they ignited. What was that? What was that streak? It was like a 50, 42 to 12 or something streak. You know, at one point it was 41 to 12 and it might've gotten up to 43. Uh, but I, I, I honestly, in my 32 years, yes, I'm showing my age. I've never seen any, I've never seen a run like that. I mean, unless it was like YMCA, like fifth grade basketball, you know. Here's, here's the question though. Um, and I'm hitting you with the hard ones today. About three years ago, or well, three seasons ago, so not last season, but the season before, uh, Minnesota Lynx went on a historic, it was like 30 something to zero run or a 40-something-to-zero run against the Indiana Fever in Indiana. 
Um, it was the largest streak. I mean, I think they went like a quarter and a half before letting the fever score. Um, which is more impressive to just go on an outright tear where you drop 30 and the other team, you know, to score 30 more than the other team when it's a back and forth game or to score 30 more than the other team when you're down 20. I, I have to say the second part of that. I mean, you know, you, you're down 21 um, and, and you've already like, like, like the ebbs and ebbs and flows of a game um, as a player kind of, you know, they're, they're naturally like, you know, like, like you're already kind of feeling yourself by the time you're at halftime. Like you, you either know, like, this is my game. I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm playing well. You kind of have a vibe as to how this, how this is going. Um, that, that's obviously not to say that you can't turn it around the second half and, and, and make adjustments and things can happen at, at any point that can happen. But um, to be down 21 to a team like Minnesota, you know, we're, we're not, we're not talking about like, sister Mary the poor here we're talking about Minnesota Lynx um and come out and do what they did to me is more impressive as opposed to sitting here and saying oh a team you know we rolled the balls out and you know they just weren't ready to go and they they, they jumped out to a you know 30-0 run I mean that not that that's not impressive it definitely is but to be down 21 and to come out and do what they did that second half um, I, I I mean I honestly don't think I've ever seen anything like that um and that was pretty neat and and, and the thing that was um fascinating about it they did it without erica wheeler and without candace dupree um erica wheeler ended up playing eight minutes that game uh candace dupree played i think it was about about 11 um so you had a rotation of you know five or six that were really clicking on all cylinders and you got to credit pokey chapman like you have to ride that wave if it's working and if 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 that if that unit is getting it done you got to ride with that unit um and that was kind of spearheaded by Kelsey Mitchell, who when Kelsey Mitchell's on, she's on, you know, and, and that was a game, you know, we, we know Kelsey Mitchell's a high volume shooter when, when she has that green light to do that, finishing, finishing seven for 16 at 44%. That that's, that's a really good night for Kelsey Mitchell. You know, she led all scores with 20 points and, and she really was kind of the cog in that run. But, um, you know, you, Pokey Chapman made the right call, obviously, in terms of just letting that unit do what they did, and, and it really paid off for him. Yeah, something that I do want to touch on. Um, you have Kelsey Mitchell, I believe the number two pick from last year, um, one of the top point guards, one of the top. Uh, she didn't, If correct me if I'm wrong, she's the number two all-time on uh, NCAA scoring. Is that right? She's something <laughs> like that. Um <laughs> I'm in WNBA mode, Arya. I got it. Okay, sorry. My my. If I remember correctly, she's number two. She came close at the Ohio State for setting uh, for breaking um, Kelsey Plum's record. The Kelseys just rule this. Fine, whatever. We get it. My point is more so. You know, she was a big name coming in, and she's kind of simmered down around the hype around her this year. And this year, it's really been the Erica Wheeler show. I mean. I've been talking I'm in I'm in the Erica Wheeler's camp. I've been talking all season about how she's been blowing me away, how she's been playing really well. I mean, heck, she's score she has the most she's got the most points on the team. She's she's one of the higher percentages. I mean, everything she's doing is just amazing. And and obviously I'm comparing her and Kelsey Mitchell, so it's not exactly a fair comparison cuz they have slightly different styles and whatnot. Um and to be fair, well, Rachel and I, we were going over the stats comparing Kelsey Mitchell and Erica Wheeler, and we were just like, wow, Erica Wheeler is playing a lot, lot better. Really, the only thing that she's lagging in is the turnovers, where 74 to 29, Erica Wheeler is just has way too many of those. But I want to talk about this, because Erica Wheeler, like you said, 
Got a lot of attention at the All-Star game. Comes out in the next game, plays pretty well. She's been playing really well this whole season. And then we barely see her at all against the Lynx. Yeah, you know, and I and I and I think a player like Eric Wheeler gets that. You know, that 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 she's playing alongside a player like Kelsey Mitchell, who um can be a deadly player when she's playing well. You know, she she's she can take shots and she can make shots that nobody else can make. And so Kelsey Mitchell, when she's going, I, I, it, it's hard for me to compare anyone else who can go at the, the rate that she can go. And Eric Wheeler knows that, you know, and this, this has got to be, you know, I think if you're a competitor, um, if you are on this fever roster and you see that you're like, Hey, like, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for Erica Wheeler, but I, I mean, I've got to believe that this is the character that she has of like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Like, you know, this is about us getting this win. This is about us. This is about our team. This is about whatever we have to do to come get this win. And if that means that my role, you know, these next 20 minutes is to, is to do this, then that's what I'm going to do. And I think that when, when you have that type of leadership um, and that, you, that type of locker room environment that's required on a team, um, as opposed to dealing with egos and, you know, people wanting minutes and, and spotlight and wanting to be the hero. Those types of things can be a major cancer in a locker room. Uh, but you have someone like Erica Wheeler, who, I, I mean, just, just based on her comments after the All-Star uh, MVP nod, I would assume she is that way. That, that probably didn't phase her one bit because she knows who she's playing with alongside Kelsey Mitchell. And the same thing with Kelsey Mitchell. You know, you, you like to think that, okay, uh, maybe I lost this spot. Maybe I'm coming off the bench and there, there's no competitor, you know, any, any competitor in the world probably is not going to be a fan of that. But if that's your role for this portion of the season, or if that's your role for, you know, the next few games or whatever it may be, it's about accepting your roles for the betterment of your team. Um, and I, and I don't know how that dynamic is going, but I can look at their last two games and see that, um, it appears to be going well. Um, and, and again, I, I think if you have a group of players together who can accept their roles for the betterment of the team, that's when you can really start seeing success. Um, and that's what I see right now with the Fever, at least in these last two games. So in, in short, what you're saying is, is not only Erica Wheeler, an amazing player, but what adds that you can't see on the stat sheet is she's a selfless player. That's what I see. That's absolutely what I see. All right, cool. I, I, like I'm saying, if I'm if we're starting a team, we're taking over a team. I'm making hard calls to the Indiana Fever to to try and chain, trade for Wheeler. Um, real quickly before we move on to trade talk, I do quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, all right, we know we're talking about Rookie of the Year. We know the two main candidates: Nafis Collier and Enrique Gumbel. I get it. <laughs> but talk to me, Rachel. We were texting a little bit. Tierra McCowan's stats are real. like, granted, she didn't get the early season minutes um, and wasn't producing in the early season, but of recent, it's become, she's become a problem. That I mean, look, she was a huge element of that win just in the fact that she was able to hold her own against one of the big, the best bigs in league history, Sylvia Fowles. Definitely. And I think that Tierra McCowan's going to continue. I mean, she's going to... She's averaging seven points a game. She's rebounding the heck out of the ball. I mean, she's she's averaging close to a double double, and this is just in her rookie season. You know, playing twenty minutes a game. So I mean, oh, and, she, and, and but but add on to that that she didn't even play as much in the earlier season. Like there was times where she was not. You know, she's getting much more minutes now than she was before, and she's still averaging that. That's that's impressive. Yeah, her minutes have increased. Um, at the towards the end of June and into, into July, they increased quite a bit. Um, you know, there were a couple games where they dropped, but, um, I, I think we're gonna, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Tierra McCallum for a long time. 
Um, and I think she's going to be a problem next year. Um, year three, major problem. I mean, her, her, I, I see her trending really high for the next, you know, three to five years in this league, just because well, for so many reasons, you know, she's got the intangibles that no one else can have. And she's gaining a ton of confidence with, with the minute she's getting with this fever team. And, um, you know, I think she has to be in conversations because of what she is doing. Now she's not going to get that award because we know who it's coming down to, but uh, Tier McCowan is going to be a major, major player in this league for a long time. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate it, but I do. Um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Two teams, or yeah, two teams made a trade today. Today was the, the the trade deadline. You'll probably be listening to us tomorrow. So yesterday was the trade deadline. Um, Truce plays on for Anigwe. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, well, well, I think I, let me speak for you real quickly and for everyone in the league that this was not a no one expected a blockbuster trade to happen. This, even though, was not the blockbuster tra- or not the trade that some of us expected, um, and there were some reports coming out that Dallas had been in discussion with um, for you know for doing a trade such like this of getting rid of placements, mm-hmm. however you want to do it, um, even before Agler took over. So this clearly been in the works for a while. This is a player that Kurt Miller has been fond of to uh, some extent, if if he's been talking about it for that long. What was your initial reaction when the trade happened? I mean, I, I think I, I think I like said out loud. I was like, oh yeah, that 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 makes sense. You know, I mean, I, and I mean it for both for both both parties. I think it was a great uh, get for Dallas with Anigwe. You know, their ability to uh, gain a super athletic big, um, some size. Um, they're, they, you know, they're, if if they're planning on competing down the road, which is what they're doing, they had to get more of that. Um, so this was a, a good addition for Dallas, and I think for Connecticut. Um, this is a Kurt Miller type of player. Um, Plaisance is, I, in my opinion, I, I, I'm a really big fan. I think she's really solid. Um, I think she gives them some size and an ability to stretch the floor. She can knock down the three ball. Um, I, I think she'll kind of get into that Connecticut system seamlessly. You know, she, she's she's you know, got a solid, what, six years in this league. This is her sixth year. So um, I think it, it's it's a good get for both teams. Both teams came out on top. We even did a few polls um, asking kind of who won the trade. And it was crazy. I mean, everyone that I saw, it was it was pretty neck and neck. So um, I think it just makes sense. I, I really like Anigua to Dallas because, you know, I, I don't know where she fit on this Connecticut roster, especially in the near future. Um, I just don't know kind of, she, she just kind of got buried on the bench. It's, it's, it's just kind of the dynamic of how this, this Sun team is uh, built. So there's an opportunity for her in Dallas. And I think there's a really good opportunity for Plaisance in um, Connecticut. And so it's a win for everybody. It is a win for everybody. A topic that maybe some people don't want to talk about, but I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Um, this is now, I mean, they traded Lexi Brown. She was the number one pick last year and now they're trading an Igwe who is their number one pick this year. They have, one in the past three years, they have one of their first-round picks. Is that concerning to you? I know some people have clapped back at us on Twitter saying, yes, but if you go to 2006 and before that, they have like seven players and blah, blah, blah. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is uh, there's many things implied. One is, okay, what are you thinking now if you're a first-round pick to that team? Because it's definitely got to be in your mind, knowing the last two were traded. Two, does this mean that they're 
and you can even ignore question number one, but question number two, does this mean in some way, shape, or form that these players didn't live up to why they were drafted or to the expectations of when they were drafted? Uh, yes, you honestly, I just want a yes or no, Rich, on that one. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Okay, cool. And the next question I have is kind of, and maybe you have more insight into this, as Kurt Miller's, you know, standing in his, his tower, looking over his chess pieces, as it were, do you think that this is a team that has the mindset of they are in a championship window currently? Or is this a team that goes, okay, yes, we've been together for a while and we've been growing, but we're still a few away from that real championship window, and we know that window isn't closing for a while? No, I think this is a team that knows they're in a championship window for at least, uh, in my opinion, the next this year for sure, next year, and probably the year following. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. But it's something that as I've been like racking my brain about as we've been seeing Kurt Miller wheel and deal throughout, you know, off season to season. And even last year with the trade, it's kind of been like, okay, I and, and I'm gonna ask him this next time I speak to him, but like where is your mindset of this championship window and are the moves you're making to win now or are they moves to win later? No. Um and I yeah. I, I think they're going for it. I think they're going for it. Um, and, and if, if it's not this year, it's, it's probably a disappointment in, in Kurt's mind. Um, and same thing with next year, that that's the way I see this roster, um, you know, kind of the way it looks. I mean, they, they, they've got, there's no reason in my mind that Connecticut can't go in this whole thing this year. Yeah. Um, they, they have all the tools. They have all the pieces. People sit here and say, well, you know, they're not fully experienced in the finals. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I think that's kind of a cop out for this year and the makeup of this year. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, it is, it is very possible that we see Connecticut win this thing this year and years to come. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and, and look, I, I, I will be the first one to jump up and I, and you know, Meredith was on the pod last week and we got a lot of flack for, for basically saying like they need to prove it to us in the playoffs. That is not me giving them an excuse. That's me saying I'm reserving my excitement for how this team is doing and this, this, and that. If, you know, they, they have to show me a little something. I have full confidence that they can get a top three seed in the regular season. The question is, can you secure, can you continue and hold on to that seed and that level of play during the rest of the season? Um, and I don't right. think anybody's you know, going to call me too crazy for that. Let's move on. Something that caught some headlines. And if, if, you know, if you've listened to the beginning of the episode, you know we are going to talk about this. Liz Cambage misses Dallas and then misses the second half. And she has, you know, she has that, the her, her what should have been her first return to Dallas after the trade. Um, sold out arena. Doesn't play for quote unquote rest. Now, a little bit later, a few days later, they have a game against Washington Mystics. Well, not a game, a half. And she misses again. Now... She wasn't even on the sidelines, my understanding, for that game. Um, what is going on? Because it, let's be real, it's more than just rest. If, if she's not on the sidelines, it's more than just rest. Yeah, I mean, that that was the part that kind of sparked my antennas. I mean, let's be real, that, that half, as interesting as it was, it got very not interesting very quickly. Interesting? Whatever. Um so I'm looking on the sidelines and I'm wondering, where is she? Okay, this is interesting. Um, and 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 then you know you you see them signing someone. Um, who 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 they signed today? Help me. 
Uh, oh, oh, um, the seven day contract. Um, yeah, she was on the team last year. I'm blanking on it now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, not, not too surprising, but at the same time, I just. I don't have the answers for anyone listening. It's just when I didn't see her on the sideline and then you see the sign um, and then the Dallas, the, the Dallas wings, not, not playing in that I could understand for a lot, for a lot of reasons that being a game you wanted to rest or what, whatever it may be. I just, I don't really have any answers. I just, my antennas are up and I, I I'm just kind of questioning and looking around and it was Jamie Nair. Yes, and wondering, wondering what what could be going on. Um, hopefully, it is truly just some rest and everything's good, and that's what's needed. But um, and hopefully, she returns soon because we all know, in in, in my opinion, the league is <laughs> that much better with her in it. But um, I don't really have any comments or answers for everybody, and I know a lot of people rely on me for that. But I'm just I'm just kind of kind of curious as to what's going to happen here the next. Uh, week or so with Liz Cambage. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And honestly, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I tweeted this the other night. Last year, the, the Aces missed the playoffs because of the forfeited game in D.C. This year, it is completely possible. I mean, our, it's totally possible also that statistically it's impossible. Um, but for my numbers, it's not. Uh, that they missed the playoffs due to this game. I mean, if you're missing Liz and Asia for the near future. I think they said Asia, they could maybe see her back in two weeks. I mean, you got, you got a lot of games that you're going to have to tough through without two of your best and most important players. And and the bigger issue, honestly, besides missing two of your best players is the positions that they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going to, what are you right. going to fill the paint with? I mean, I'm sorry. You can't have uh Carolyn swords running, the whole game you know what I mean like that's not gonna happen well and I think I think everything was fine when Asia went out um you you can you can manage that with with the play of Dierica Hamby who has been phenomenal this year um she's she's fantastic on any other roster she arguably a starter um and, and is starting um but then when you lose them both I mean that's 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 your bread and butter you know that that's that's where uh, your offense is and the focal point of your offense is designed around. So you've got to have the guard play really step up. I mean, which, which we know is possible in terms, you know, with, with the, the star power on this aces team, but you're right. I mean, this is a crucial period of time here. Um, this next week, a uh, week and a half until Wilson comes back. I mean, and who knows, it could take her a minute to get back into it. We don't, we don't know that. So um, this, this could be a lull for this aces team. Um, if, if, you know they don't get Liz or Asia back, and they they could hit a little bit a little bit of a bump. Here. Oh, it, it it could get real bad real quick. I'm gonna drop in honor yeah. in honor. Call my bias, call whatever you want. Simone Augustus is getting her first start of the season. Um, props to her as they take on the Atlanta Dream. Finally back after a, a long recovery process from a knee injury and a knee surgery. So I wanted to give her a little shout out and props to her before we wrap up this episode. Um, as always, we believe the players of the WNS community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.